morning again. Ooh, good morning again. Thank you guys for being part of today. I am glad that you're here. Um, once again, my name is Paul. I am one of the pastors here. I'm standing here beside a rosebud. Um, one of the greatest things that can happen in a person's life is when they are introduced to Jesus Christ and they say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. I want to start my new life in you. And every time somebody does that in our church that we hear about, we put together a white rosebud here. And so this happened last weekend. So really cool. So yeah. And if you have questions about what that means, you know, it's not religion, it's all that kind of stuff, um, talk to us. We'd love to introduce you to what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a great, 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 great thing. Um, Hey, we're in a series that we are calling Better because all of us would like to live life what? Better. I mean, I like to live life, life, life better. And, and God has not just wound up this world and said, good luck with it. You know, you're on your own to deal with all this kind of stuff. He's given us words to help us. He's given those words in the Bible. Now, the Bible is about how we can reconnect to God through his son, Jesus Christ. That's the story of the Bible. And that's the main focus of the whole thing. And so we read that, we read it with that in mind. But within that, the pages of the Bible, there are also principles of life. They're God's principles of life that he gives to us to help us. That's the kind of God that we would have to help us get through these things called life. And so we're looking at this in our series called Better because when we do those things, it makes our life better, you know. And so we've talked about better is one handful with peace than two with striving after the wind. And we say that makes sense. That does make sense. I'd rather be content with just one than be frantic with two. Wisdom is better than gold. Wisdom is better than, than, than so many things. And we looked at how patience is better than strength. Patience is just better. To become a patient person is an incredible strength. Well, well, this morning we're going to finish up this series called Better. And, and, and here is a, a verse that we're going to look at. Go ahead and show it. It is better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. <laughs> now, now, if you look at this verse, there's a lot to it. What do you see? I see danger. I see danger all over, all over this verse, the possibility of me not getting out of here uh, alive. And I also see the possibility that this is going to happen to me uh, sleeping on the couch. So we will postpone doing this verse till November 18th, 2050. How about that one? Okay, I will come back and cover this one. Here we go. This is our last better verse. It's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. For death is the destiny of every man. The living should take this to heart. And you're thinking, I think I'd rather go back to that wife verse, you know, than this one. Because this is now what? Depressed time. I mean, look at that verse. It's just dark and gray and, and, and gloomy. Um, yeah, we read that right. It's better to go to a house of mourning then to a party, and then it says death is the destiny of every everybody. And if you're not in a bad mood this morning, you are now. It doesn't get any better, by the way. The next verse says this, sorrow is what? Better than laughter. Sad face is good for the heart. You just go, Gah! you know? I mean, I mean, who is this guy, and what's he talking about, and how come he stopped taking his meds, you know? What's wrong with this person in his outlook on life? I mean, I mean, why go here, and what's this all about, and why should I spend a nice Sunday morning thinking about this stuff? 
And it's because God in his incredible wisdom, phenomenal wisdom, said there's truth here. And this will make your life what? Better. Let's pray, okay? Can we take a second to pray? Lord, thank you now for these moments that we have. And I pray you give me the right words to share. And you just, you speak into our hearts. And thank you for being here with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's look at the verse again. Okay. It's better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting, for death is the destiny of every man, and the living should take this to heart. Now, that last part says the living should take this to heart. It means if we're alive, you should really pay attention to it. If you're living, you should really be focused on that. And, and, and the last I, I looked around, with a few exceptions, most of you appear to be living. Some of you are already beginning to kind of fade off now, and I, and I, and I, can, I can get that. But for those of us that are here and that are living and, and alive, it's saying it's better to go to a house of mourning than to a party. Yeah, basically saying a funeral home is a lot better than a party house. You know, it's better to go that place than this place. You know, and all of God's people said what? No way, you know, no way, you know, you know, party, funeral, you know, funeral, party. I could tell you which one is more preferable to go to. You know, that's not a hard decision to make. Well, what do you think of when you think of a, of a funeral home or a house of mourning? You know, quiet talk, you know, and bottled water and sometimes maybe sitting alone with your thoughts or, you know, stale cake and red, red punch. I mean, that's. That's, that's what's there, little tiny sandwiches, you know, for you to eat. What do you, what do you think of when you think of a party, you know? What do you, what do you think of? Hey, now, I, 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 I know what you think. Um, actually, contrary to your opinions, I'm not a party animal, even though you all think I am a big party animal on that. Surprise, I'm not. Um, but for those that go to parties, they've told me what happens there, okay? What do you talk about? No, it's called what? Small talk, right? You talk about the Giants outfield or the Warriors win streak or latest technology or you pull out your, your phone and you, and you compare apps or you talk about a new food place you tried out or your next, next trip or you look around and you kind of see, well, who's there? Who's with who? You know, who's talking with, with, with who? And, and we, we think about what they're wearing. House of Mourning, it's a little bit different, isn't it? You think about things like life, meaning. You think about family, and you think about relationships, and you think about purpose, you think about values. House of Mourning, things become very, very clear, don't they? Start thinking about what's really important in life and what you should be spending your time doing. And now we begin to say, when we look at that verse, what? I get it. Makes sense to me. What it's saying to us is that it's really important to take time to figure out life. To understand that life's a lot more than jobs and retirement and video games and shopping and vacations and careers. Not that any of those things are bad by any means. It's just saying, hey, there's a whole lot more. So it's better. It's better to be at that place because if you want to take notes, here you go, number one. It's better because my priorities become a whole lot clearer. My priorities become really, really clear. The Bible says this. It says, teach us to number our days aright. What does that mean, number our days? It means take stock 
your days. Take a good account of what's going on, what we're doing here and what our purpose in life is and come to terms with the reality of who I am, who God is, and what God wants me to do. Kirk Cousins is the uh, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL. He's a follower of Christ. He's a believer, strong believer in Jesus. And um, ESPN did an article on him because he has something kind of odd at his house. He has a, it's a little plexiglass tube. You know, you can see right through it, and it stands about this tall, and it's filled with rocks. It's filled with stones. It's between two bushes in his yard, and, and, and it's filled with stones. And, and he was asked all about it, and he said this. This is what he said. He said, it's there to remind me how brief life is and how important the time we have here is. He said, every stone represents a month of my life. Let's say I live to be 90. That would be a pretty good run, he says. So we went, he and his wife, she's a follower of Christ, we went month to month and we added it all up and it was 720 stones because I turned 30 this year. He has 720 months left. He says, every month I'm going to take out a stone, put it in my pocket and think, once this month is over, this is gone, can't get it back. It's gone for good. Article says this, as Cousins removes a stone each month, the feel of it in his palm is a reminder of time passing, but it's the questions that come with each stone that perhaps carry more weight. What impact are you making, not only today, but for eternity? So the verse says, number our days, God, all right, so that we may give you a heart of wisdom, that we might be wise in how we spend day by day. Second is it's better because I start to focus on forever. Going to a house of mourning is better because I start focusing upon, I'll just say, the, the eternal things, you know, the eternal questions that we would have, we would have in life. It says this in Ecclesiastes 2, for death is the destiny of every man. It's the destiny of every man. Does that depress you? You know, hang on, it's going to get, it's going to get, it's going to get worse. So a, a few years back, I did this message on life and death and I went online and, and, I, and I wanted to check out my lifespan, how long I'm going to live. This is kind of when the inter- internet was fairly new, you know, and, and, and you could look for everything, you know. So I looked at how long am I going to live? How's that for a stupid question? Well, it told me, you know, it told me. Had me put in, you know, parents and family and health and all this kind of stuff. And it said this in big, bold letters. It said, you're halfway done with life. Okay? Now, how would you like that staring you in the face on your screen? You are halfway done with life. And it's like all of a sudden, holy cow, I better hurry up and have my midlife crisis, you know, because I'm halfway done, done with life. And if that doesn't put you in, in, a, in a bad mood, man, man, you start looking back at your own life. And I began to think through then, as I think through it now, how did it all go by so what? So fast. And, and you've got to understand, I'm, I'm a fairly intentional guy, you know. I mean, I like to, you know, carpe diem, and I like, to, I like to live each day in the moment, and I like to say, man, this is a day like no one else, and I'm never going to have this day again, and all that kind of stuff. And I would cherish each day, and I cherish each day with my kids, you know, as they were growing up, because everyone said, man, take time with your kids because it's going to go by so fast. So I did that, and guess what? It still went by fast. Okay, I look on the back side of this and I look way down the road and I think, my goodness, that's a long time ago. And it all went by fast. It's going to get worse. I came upon this verse. It says, the length of our days is 70 years or 80. 
if we have the strength. And I looked at that and I thought, 70? You know, really? 70? And I'm at the point now where I can do the countdown on what? I can do it on two hands now. Got it? I'm at two hands, all right? Two hands to 70. And guess what next October is going to be? It's going to be here. And the next October is going to be here. Do you see how it's going down? And you're thinking, well, you look like you're a pretty strong guy. You know, maybe you can make it to 80. Okay, great. I've got my toes now, you know. But we're talking about it's coming down. It's going down. And the point is, it's not that long. It's really, really not that long. You know, you're freaking out yet, you know. And then I start to worry because there's a lot of things I want to do and i got to cram in this trip and i got to make sure I do that and I can't commit to this because I have to take time for that other thing. Where does that come from? Where does that come from? It comes from what I would believe is an unrealistic view of the next life. And if you have an unrealistic view of the next life, you're going to have a really messed up view of this life. And if you don't grasp, if I don't grasp what the next life is really all about, then I'm going to be frantic and freaked out about this one. I'm pretty sure most of us, me included, have a messed up view of this life. And a messed up view of the next life will give me a messed up view of this life. Jesus said this a familiar passage because he was going to leave them. And the disciples are getting a little freaked out, what's going to happen, all this kind of stuff. And he he makes a great, great statement. And he said, in my father's house, what? There's a place for you. And then he goes on to say this, and it's such a bummer up there. God, I'm going up there to make life so screwed up that you are going to beg to go back down to earth. Is that what he says? Does he say, I'm going to go up there, I'm just going to trash the place, and you're going to regret everything that you never did on earth because this is such a crappy place? Does he say that? He said this, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And with pride, I believe, with a whole sense of pride, he said, and when everything is ready, guess what? I'm going to come and get you so that you'll always be with me where I am. And when we are faced with death or the end of our life, we say What? No, no, I haven't done enough stuff here yet. Do you understand how a messed up view of the next world can kind of screw up how we live in this world? Why do we keep thinking that this is all there is to life, that death ends everything? I I guess I think that death kind of starts everything, you know? Now, theology says that God made everything perfect. You go back into Genesis, every time God created something, he'd say, wow, that is what? That's good. That's a good thing. And he made something else. That's a good thing. He made something, that's a really good thing. You know, he made dogs. That's a really good thing. He made cats, and he said, okay, let's go on to the next thing. You know, we can make on this one. But God said, these things are, 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 are good. You know, I mean, he, made them, he made them good. And then, and then sin came in and messed it up. And while there's still a lot of good here because God made it, it's now a messed up good. Everything has been tainted with the stain of sin. Everything. And so while the mountains are beautiful, they're not as beautiful as they could be. While the beach is awesome, it's not as awesome as it could be. 
well, the sunset is phenomenal. It's not as phenomenal as it could be. While relationships are great, they're not as great as what? They could be because the stain of sin is all around us. The, the, the Paradise Fire, again, is really bad. It's just devastating, and it's, you know, it's horrific, and I'm sick all over for people who lost it. There's an irony in this, and it was odd. Somebody posted that somebody was driving through the main street of Paradise. Main street. Okay, we're not talking some side road. And everything's on fire. Everything on both sides is on fire. They're leaving town. Everything's on fire. And as they're driving through, they said, there's a Safeway. Well, that's gone. Safeway, gone. I mean, it's, that's worth a big store. There's where we used to do our banking. Well, that's gone. Oh, my gosh. That's where we went to the doctor. That's gone. And it was gone, you know. There's the McDonald's. McDonald's, that's where it was. And as they were getting out of town, there was, an, there was a sign that, that, that said this. And there's fire all around it. Fire, smoke, burnt trees, burned debris, debris everywhere. There was a sign in all the smoke that said, Welcome what? Welcome to paradise. And sometimes we look at this and we think, man, this is paradise. I don't want to leave this place. And Jesus said, this isn't paradise. I mean, it's okay, but this isn't it. And honestly, we kind of think that this is life, and it kind of is, but it's a really messed up version. And so John, who's a disciple of, of Jesus, and he's an old guy now, and he's getting you know, to those years where you start thinking about the place, he gets a vision from God. This is what Jesus shows him. He said, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. This is just the first. This is just the first. Heaven is not clouds and harps and white robes and sitting around all day long strumming our robes and floating around. It's a new heaven. It's a new earth. The mountains in the new earth are better. And the ocean is better. And the sunset is better. And the relationships that you cherish here will be a thousand times a thousand, what? Better. It's this but new. This only a few billion times better. And that's why when you start thinking about your bucket list, what if I die before my bucket list is done? Really? So what? You'll do it then. And it'll be what? Be better. You know, what about all these things that I need to travel and see? You can do them then. Because if those aspirations and dreams about this earth and this world take us away from doing our primary assignment, which is to go into all the world and make followers of Christ, if those things get in the way of that thing, then we've missed the point. It's because we don't understand the realistic part of what our future world will be like. Peter said this, keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, looking forward to it. Paul said this, now dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you'll not grieve like those people who have no hope. And I'm not just talking about we should throw a party every time somebody passes. You miss them. It hurts. I got it. You know, I mean, God, a few months back, my dog died. You know what that does to you? You know, it's devastating. It hurts. Death hurts. But it's the separation that hurts. And we have a friend, and, and uh, man, we think about this a lot now, Lisa and I, and she has cancer, and it spread um, 
breast to her liver and out to her bones. And um, it's not unlike people you know, you know. And she knows Jesus and she follows Christ deeply. And, 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 and you know, it's kind of, you begin to think about God's plan, God's will, God's work, what's happening here, the fairness of it, you know. And, and, and there's the sense of we don't want her to go. It's too soon. What will happen to her family? It's not fair, coupled with... But once she became a follower of Christ, she was no longer designed to be here. Once you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't fit here very well. In fact, the Bible would use the term, you're now an alien. You're now a stranger here. You don't belong here anymore. You are now designed for another place. And that's why sometimes things don't fit particularly well. Sometimes we, we think, when we look at this verse, the length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength. We start thinking, yeah, it's ticking. But it's very real when it says this. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Do you understand that? This life, he's saying very clearly, compared to the next, is nothing but what? Trouble and sorrow. And then it says they quickly pass. And I think maybe that's good. Um, and and what, I, what I do uh, a lot of times when somebody's, you know, you, you know you, it's kind of a privilege. You, you could walk through people through you know, having babies or, or, or when their kids are growing or when they get married. And, and, and it goes all the way to the, to the other end, the end of, of life here on this earth. And so I'll spend time with people. And sometimes all of a sudden you hear the diagnosis and you go and you spend time with them. You talk with them, you pray. And it gets worse, it gets worse, it gets worse, and you just kind of walk with them and spend time. And, 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 then, and then they're in hospice care, you know. And hospice, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, it's, it's kind of, it, it just, it's just it. And so they're hospice, and, and the hospice worker will sometimes you know, meet, meet with me and, and talk to the husband or the wife, and they'll say, it's not, there's not much time. I mean, they, they know the signs and all that, and it's like, oh, man, you know, so I'll go in, Living room, and I'll, t- I'll talk. And if they're a believer in Christ, um, you know, what do you say? You know, what do you say? I'll sometimes say this. Man, in a couple days, in a couple days, you get to go to where God has designed you to go from all of eternity. You know that? You realize that? I mean, you get to start this thing all over again. And, yeah, I'm probably not going to like the little journey for the next couple days. I, I get that. You're going to get to see Christ in a couple days, and you're going to get to see everything the way it's supposed to be. You're going to be loving life, you know, and 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 we we, we talk about that because this is, I think, the way believers should begin to keep in their arsenal of how to deal with these kinds of things. And I'll say, you know what? I said, you know, it's a bummer you have to go. I mean, you know, I'll miss you, but. But it's just only time. In fact, in fact, I said, I might be driving home and a bus may hit me. You know, I might get there before you, and then I'll just give you a high five when you get there. Because you know? we have to start thinking through. I think it's really good for us to think through. This is just a shadow. In fact, C.S. Lewis called it the Shadowlands. This is just a Shadowlands. This isn't the reality. This is just the shadow of things. 
Lord of the Rings, I don't know if you're, any of you are Lord of the Rings fans, but last one, there's a battle, you know, and the orcs and the trolls are smashing down doors, and they're attacking the castle, and they're powerful, huge, big force coming up, and, and it's, it's in the last one, and so, so um, they're blasting through all these kinds of things, and Pippin is talking to Gandalf. Now, now, Tolkien, the guy who wrote the whole thing, he was a believer in Christ, a follower of Christ, and he wrote into the story all kinds of Christian symbolism, all kinds, and so Gandalf's kind of like a little bit of a type of Christ that comes back, you know, and, and, and has all kinds of wisdom and knowledge and understanding of, of all kinds of things. And, and Pippin's a little freaked out, and they have this, this poignant conversation kind of in a, in, a, in a little corner, you know, because they're getting ready to break through the enemy and, and destroy him and eat him up, you know, whatever they, whatever, whatever they do. And, 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 and again, it's completely overwhelmed. And Pippin says this to Gandalf. It's a great, it's a great thing. He says, I didn't think you would end this way. And Gandalf says, end? No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just a path, one that we all must take. And then he just kind of looks away as if he's looking to something else. And he says this, the gray rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass. And then you see it. And Pippin says, What? Gandalf, see what? And he says, white shores and beyond a far green country under a swift sunrise. Pippin says, well, that isn't so bad. And Gandalf says, no. No, it isn't. Better a house of mourning than a party because real questions are asked there. We take stock of who we are and who God is and what's going on. Some people say those that are heavenly-minded are no earthly good. I think the opposite. I think those that are most heavenly-minded are the most earthly good. And that's what it's all about, for us to start thinking about who am I? What is my destiny? Who is God to me? What am I living for? In all my days, how can I serve God better? These are good questions. And they make our life what? Better. Let's pray. God, um, these are great people here. And you and none of us want them to freak out about death. Because in your house there are many rooms, and through Christ there's a place prepared for us. God, I believe and I know in your majestic sovereign plan that not a single believer in Christ will leave this earth one second before you in your loving and great plan has chosen not a second before there's no mistakes with you my father there may be people here that are struggling with the concept of this life and death and I pray that they would have peace the peace that you give greatest question of all is when we pass from this life where will we go the presence of God or someplace else 
my ask is that not a single person here would have doubts that through Jesus Christ and his salvation and his blood they would say forgive me I've done wrong and I need you God to be the center Lord of my life so forgive me allow me to come to you now in grace and God uh, um, no matter how much time we have help us to really see your priorities straight help us to see people that we need to take time for love that we need to give change we need to make so that we might serve you better and present to you a heart of wisdom so thank you thank you for these moments we've had use us today in the world that you've placed us in Jesus name amen hey thank you for coming a couple things Um, first of all we are going to um, be taking an offering in a second and as Len mentioned if you're a guest with us don't worry about throwing anything in just throw in that communication card if you have questions about your life or your death or anything like that we're here for you we have great people in the prayer room if you need someone to pray for you you can talk to anybody upstage and we can we can walk with you through anything that you would want so just simply um, let us know Diane will be in the back corner if you want to talk to her about things that you can bring um, this last song I actually had Mark change the set so we could do it so this is my request on this one it's a great song it's about in my father's house there's a place for you and it's a good song and I want you to sing it I want you to sing it loud like I mean it. So let's stand together. God bless you guys. Love you. Enjoy the day. <laughs>